This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey everybody, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 176, recorded Monday, September the 29th, 2014. I uh, hope everyone is doing well out there. We've got a little bit of uh, podcast goodness to bring you this week. Some Walking Dead news and some listener feedback, which will be fun. Awesome. Good. And, and I think later on in the show, Jason will have a fun story for us. Well, I don't know if it's a fun story, but it's a story. It's definitely a story. <laughs> the first thing I want to do, though, is this. And this might be the earliest we've ever played a uh, bumper off the top of the show. So here we go. <laughs> Thank you, patrons. Do you remember that? We've played that once before, and I completely forgot about it. I have no memory of that. Well, what are you I sure did, we played that before? I'm positive. It was a was long that the t- episode that you uh, recorded without me? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Uh, no, that was the one where we played all of last year's contest entries. I think. Right. Okay. No, <laughs> that was uh, we were looking for a bumper to play before we thanked our patrons, and a listener sent that in, and I added the little radio stuff in the background. I think, maybe he did. Awesome. I can't remember now, and uh, I forgot about it the last couple of times we thanked patrons. So I thought I'd bring it back at least for now. Cool. But as you may have guessed, what I want to do is thank our latest patron, and that is Sally Myers, who... Sally Myers. Yep, who has patronized us at the platinum level. So, platinum. Yeah. Fantastic. Th- thank you very much, Sally, for that. And uh, if you want to go and join Sally in her patronage of this very fine podcast, head over to patreon.com slash the talking dead. Sally Myers. That's a good name. It's a great name. I like it. <laughs> congratulations, Sally. Or I should say congratulations, Sally's parents on uh, providing her with such a great name. I wonder what her middle name is. What do you think would be a good middle name for Sally Myers? Chewbacca. Sally Chewbacca Sally? Myers. No, that's a good name for... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure Chewbacca is a good name. What is Sally Lynn? Sally May? Oh, Sally May My- Myers? That's good. That does roll off the tongue well. But I find Sally Chewbacca Sue. goes with everything, to be honest. It does, yeah. <laughs> Sally. It's like spaghetti. Sally Spaghetti Myers? Yeah. I'm not so sure about that, but it does go with everything. <laughs> Sally Oscar Myers? There you go. I hope that's she what it is. She probably got that a lot as, as she grew up. Yeah. Sorry, Sally. Hopefully that wasn't horribly offensive <laughs> and bring back all sorts of terrible memories for you. Anyhow, thank you for supporting us. Patreon.com slash Dead if you would like to uh, support us as well. And we're going to move right along here. The Walking Dead News. Okay, Jason. It has been a rather slow summer for Walking Dead news. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I have. I have not noticed it. I thought it was a rip-roaring, you know, just news coming off the cuff, left, right, and center. I, I couldn't keep up. I don't know. Maybe it's just me then, but I feel like the news has been slow and far between this summer. Now, maybe the other summers have been like that too, but... I just feel like this year has been, been there's just been way less information coming out, unless you are really into spoilers, in which case there's way more information coming out. And I, I think people are just more on the ball with the spoilers this year, but the actual real-life Walking Dead news that we report, I don't know. I feel like it's been a little slower. So I'm excited. Well, do you have, any, have anything for tonight? Yeah, I or do. Or are we just, you're going to play the bumper and you're going to complain and then we'll move on? <laughs> That would be something I might do, but no. (laughs) Today in the news, Chris complains. Yeah, that's not news. That's what everyone would think. Um, No, there is actually some news, and there's a few good items here, so I'm excited. Do you want to hear what the first one is? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm here. All right. You remember that whole companion TV show that they're making around The Walking Dead? Yeah, a companion, uh, was that from, uh, what was that show? Uh, with Echo, and uh, they were secret agents, but they were called companions. No, it was something oh, else. the dollhouse. I'm thinking, yeah, dollhouse. Weren't they companions? They were not companions. They were. I don't remember. I liked that. Oh, show. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Firefly. <laughs> What's her name? Was a companion that rented the shuttle. That's true. She was a companion. Okay. All right, that's what I'm thinking of. Dollhouse. They were dolls, actually. Now that I think about it. 
Right. Okay. That uh, this has nothing to do with either of those shows. Both <laughs> both good shows. I got stopped in the drugstore the other day by a guy who was impressed by my uh, Firefly T-shirt. I thought that was funny. nice. He 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 funny. said, "Hey, is that a Firefly shirt?" And I said, "Yeah, it's a schematic drawing of Serenity." And he's like, "Oh my God, stand here for a second. I'll be right back." So I stood there, and he goes and he goes over to his girlfriend. Hey, hey, honey, honey, you got to come over and see this. Look at this guy's shirt. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh yeah, I've seen that one before." <laughs> Nice. Probably on me because I have that same shirt. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> did we buy that shirt in New York or in Toronto? We did. New York. New York? I couldn't remember at the time. Anyhow, let's do the first news item. How about? Okay, moving on. All right. The Walking Dead Companion series has put out a casting call for characters. All right. And I have the descriptions of the characters right here. So oh, good. Uh, here, here we go. The first one is Sean Cabrera. He is a Latino male in his early 40s. Sean is a good man trying to do right by everyone in his life. Oh, that's just a recipe for disaster. It is. It, it is. Trying to do right by everybody. You can't possibly help everybody. Yeah, that that's, you know, that, take this as life advice, everyone out there in podcast land. Don't do that, because if you do that, you will fail and you will make probably at least yourself miserable and most likely yourself and a bunch of other people miserable. Except for the people that you actually can uh, do right by. Those people will be happy. For a little while until their turn is no longer coming around. Yeah, maybe. And it's their turn to get crapped on. So the next character is Cody Cabrera, Sean's whip-smart and rebellious teenage son, known as the angriest kid in town. Aw. He's (laughs) trying to do right by an angry kid. The angriest kid in town. That's right. And now we have Nancy Tompkins, a 30-something single mom to two kids. Nancy looks like the girl next door, but there's an edge to her. What do you mean? She's really thin in one direction? <laughs> she's got, yes. She's got a, she's got a, bl- a blade edge on one side of one of her arms. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Uh, then we have Ashley Tompkins, Nancy's mostly level-headed teenage daughter, her ambition is in direct proportion to her older brother's failures. She loves her mom, but it's time to get out of Dodge. So rebellious teenager a little bit. Level-headed. Okay, so Dodge is the name of the town that that kid is the angriest kid of. Okay, well, let's talk about that in a second. We got one more okay. character here. Andrea Chapman, a somewhat wilted flower child, 40-something Andrea has retreated to the outskirts of the city to recover after a horrible marriage. <laughs> whatever that Dodge, has to do with Dodge the show. City. Right. So that's the thing. So I didn't pick up on this at first, but in the description, get out of Dodge, Dodge is capitalized. Is it really? It is. And um, zap to it, the website noticed this and suggested that maybe the show is in fact set in Dodge City, Kansas. So we may have, they may have included a hint here for those of us who are paying attention about where this show is going to take place. Huh. And so it's funny. Uh, we've got the angriest kid in Dodge, right. somebody trying to get out of Dodge, and somebody uh, going to the outskirts of Dodge because, you know, despite the zombie apocalypse, she's has a failed marriage. Yeah. Well, I, I think what they're getting at is she had a failed marriage or a horrible marriage, and she moved to the outskirts of the city to, you know, start over with her life, and then the zombie apocalypse happened, so she's probably all by herself. She Yeah, she's a wilted flower child. That's quite a turn of phrase there. Right, right. Anyways, so what we know from this is that there are two, primarily two families. Oh, I missed one. Nick Tompkins, Nancy's screwed up teenage son. He's too old to stay home, too scared to flee. (laughs) Okay, so that's... Okay, so he's going to stay home. So the whole thing is going to... Somebody's trying to get out of Dodge, uh, and somebody's going to stay in Dodge, and someone's going to live on the outskirts of Dodge, and somebody's uh, very angry around Dodge. It sounds like uh, Dodge is the most important thing here. It's tying it all together. These Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and, and say that these uh, casting descriptions are complete bullshit. Because really? Those, those, those are ridiculous. Those character studies or descriptions are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but that's what they do. I mean, that we, I think the, the, the character descriptions that we get for the Walking Dead main show are usually semi-accurate however they they come up with fake code names right so what you're saying here is i think the names are real but maybe the descriptions aren't yeah 
or it's some kind of weird zombie apocalypse Brady Bunch, and we have uh, a man and his son uh, getting together with uh, a woman and her daughter and other son, and then the weird Alice uh, flower child. Andrea. Uh, Alice from the Brady Bunch. Oh, sorry. In this character's <laughs> name is Andrea, though. Right. Okay, so we're good. So it's the Brady Bunch. Okay, so the Walking Dead companion series will be set in Dodge City, Kansas, and it's basically the Brady Bunch. Yeah, if uh, if that guy's an architect, it's all done. All right. Uh, you may be onto something here. What I took away from this is that we have primarily two families, Sean and Cody Cabrera, and Nancy, Nick, and Ashley Tompkins, and then you throw in Andrea Chapman into the mix to, I don't know, probably have a relationship with somebody. Right, or be the maid. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so uh, that's it. If anyone else has any other thoughts on these characters names descriptions or brady bunch connections let us know i would be interested to find out i guess the next you know bit of information we'll be get getting about this spin-off show is maybe more characters but probably casting information about who's going to be playing these characters right i'm not out on a limb here right like i'm i feel like i'm crapping all over these descriptions and uh making it sound like this show is going to be a big pile steaming pile but these descriptions are bad right it's not just me well, I don't think they're great, but I mean, this is the level of um, uh, literature we get when you when you when you get when you go for uh, character descriptions. You know, it's not really many. It's not usually much more descriptive than this. But it makes me think. Okay, casting professionals they they put out a casting call and they want to get a certain type of response, right? So I think uh, regardless of what they're looking for, I think they're going to put out a casting call for uh, to get that, that type of response. Uh, whether that's actually the character or not is uh, probably, you know, has no real basis in reality. So you, I don't know. These, these descriptions, first of all, the wordplay on them is really kind of dumb. Uh, the angriest kid in Dodge and the wilted flower child, like seriously. Well, it's cliche. That? It's cliche for sure. Yeah, it just it, it it's it's so badly written that I can't I can't. It doesn't hold any water for me. It's just it sounds like it's a bunch of load of crap. Well, I I, I don't know if I disagree with you there, but I mean these are the official. Well, as far as we know, they're the official character descriptions. Now there may be more to these descriptions. Let's say an actor comes in to read for one of these roles, they probably give them a little bit more information, like. You know, you are a good man trying to do right by everyone in your life and blah, 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 blah. And here's what you're doing in this scene and stuff like that. As but an actor, is... is that enough information? You're trying to do right by everyone in your life? No, that's what I mean. Sound... They probably give them more information. And this is just what you get in the initial sort of, uh, you know, the initial call. I don't know. Who knows? I've never responded to a casting call before. I have. They're not fun. No? Done a lot of... Uh, of uh, Auditions, have you? Uh, I've done a few. Really? Beer commercials. Uh, beer commercials are weird. Anyway, I, I get a casting call but back when I was uh, performing as a clown. Uh, I would get a casting call every once in a while for uh, performers, jugglers, unicyclers, that kind of thing. So I'd show up at these casting calls and, you know, really, I've got a face for radio and all of the casting people know it. And I can't act worth a shit. So I never got a call back for anything. But I went to a few of these until I realized. I really, really hate this, so I didn't go again. But but you were auditioning for roles as a clown, right? Well, it was a it was uh, like beer commercials with like a, a background uh, weird unicycler stuff. Okay. I've seen a couple of the commercials on the air back in the '90s when I did this that uh, had people cast for the parts that uh, that I went out for. Man, I wish I was there to see that. It's too bad you didn't. No, get you in don't. Any... It was so horrible. It was like it was. Just it was, it was. Oh, I can't even talk about it. I'm so I'm just. I was so angry. I hated them. I hate absolutely hated them. They were. Uh, uh, they were soul crushing. It's too bad you didn't actually get in any beer commercials. That would be funny now. Do you see the people in beer commercials? I am not pretty enough to be in a beer commercial, and the whole building was full of very pretty people. Not I did even, not belong there. Not even twenty years ago. You're selling yourself short. Twenty years ago. Uh, I, you know, I think the best thing I've ever been called is not ugly and that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's too bad for you, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. The next item is 
uh, that Tyler James Williams, who we talked about a couple podcasts ago as being cast in the show, well, we now know who he's playing. Yeah? And uh, that's really all I got, but he's playing a character named Noah. Noah? Yeah. No more information. I think we can still speculate that he is in that shot in the Comic-Con trailer where Beth is running away from the hospital and he's standing there in the background. I, I think that's him, but I, I again, I don't have 100% confirmation on that either. But we know Tyler James Williams, who was a big star on Everybody Hates Chris, will be mm-hmm. on The Walking Dead in the character of Noah. Nice. So there you go. Uh, we don't know anything else about Noah. He's not from the comics, and he is uh, never appeared on the TV show before, of course. And I can, I'm pretty sure he's not the biblical character either. Oh, probably not. We can probably assume that is true. But we'll find if out. there's going to be a, a huge flood, then uh, they better start building an ark. They better. Take two of every kind of zombie. <laughs> yeah. So you really or only that need to defeat the point. <laughs> yeah. Flood. Well, there's, flood there's them teabag away. zombie. There's, uh, there's all kinds of different zombies. Teabag zombie, um, RV inspector zombie. That's right. There was at least a couple more we had, too. Yeah, and then then random fence zombies. Right, okay. Well, there you go. You need a few. Okay, Fox International Channels, who broadcasts The Walking Dead on the international stage in other countries that are not North America. Thanks for that. (laughs) Describing what international is, that's great. Yeah, no problem. You know, countries that aren't here, (laughs) that aren't this one. Uh, Foreigners. Yeah, they put out a um, thingamajigger, a, uh, a description of season five. And this has been out floating out there for a couple of weeks now. But I figured since we are within two weeks, by the way, yesterday was two weeks until season five starts. Oh, my God. Um, since we're within that time frame now, I thought I'd uh, read this and get your take on it. Okay. So here we go. This from Fox International Channels. Season four of The Walking Dead ended with Rick and the group outgunned, outnumbered, and trapped in a train car awaiting a grim fate. Season five picks up shortly thereafter. What follows is a story that weaves the true motives of the people of Terminus with the hopeful prospect of a cure in Washington, D.C. The fate of the group's lost comrades, as well as new locales, new conflicts, and new obstacles in keeping the group together and staying alive. Stories will break apart and intersect. The characters will find love and hate, peace and conflict, contentment and terror, and in the quest to find a permanent, safe place to call home, one question will haunt them. After all they've seen, all they've done, all they've sacrificed, lost, and held on to, no matter what the cost, who do they become? <laughs> it started off so good. Okay, I'd just like to say that I think my reading of that was pretty good. It was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much. So what do you think of that in general, though, as a description of season five? <laughs> it started the first, well, I, I was going to say the first part was really good, but it was about the first third. After about a third, it started getting a little flowery. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm supposed to talk about the content, not the not the actual uh, writing of it, right? Well, either way. But yeah, the content. Oh. Did it tell you anything Okay, so new? we're going to find out the true motives of the people of Terminus, which is uh, some cannibalism. And we're going to see new locales, so they're going to get out. That's fine. Yep. Uh, we're going we're gonna to see, we're gonna, they're going to find love and hate. So uh, uh, that that's fine, because, you know, there's going to be people in the, uh, in the watchtower. So Glenn and Maggie will go in, will find themselves another watchtower, no doubt. Uh-huh. You know? Because they're resourceful people, and there's watchtowers all over the place. Yep. Uh, hate. Well, there's hate everywhere, so that's no problem. Uh, what else did they say? They're going to... Peace go and out. conflict. They're not going to find peace. Contentment uh, and I, terror. Uh, they're not going to find contentment. I call bullshit on both of those. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in the, question, in the quest to find a permanent safe place to call home, one question will haunt them. After all they've seen... All they've done, all they've sacrificed, lost, and held on to, no matter what the cost, who do they become? Sentence is very well read. Like, you did that really, really well. Thanks. But <laughs> the sentence is boring as hell. Like, it's... <laughs> but you you breathed life into it, right? So uh, that's great, and I, I applaud that. If I was reading that on a piece of paper, I would have got bored and moved on to some kind of YouTube video, I'm sure. 
of a cat dancing a jig. <laughs> yeah. See, that kind of thing. That would grab my attention. Okay. That sentence, uh, it's, it's, it's long-winded and hard to follow. It also, this description also um, essentially confirms that a big part of season five will be their quest to get to Washington on the, you know, on the assumption that Eugene's knowledge of a cure and going there is sort of true and valid. And it sounds like they're going to pursue that in season five quite a bit. What's he called? The armored pierogi? I think so. Yeah. The armored pierogi. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so the armored pierogi will get to, we'll get to Washington or, you know, work his way towards Washington. Yes. Which is good. Sure. It's something new. Um, but I, you know, no one really knew for sure if they would follow up on that storyline or, or if they would do it right away or how long it would take them. But it sounds like season five, I mean, it does just say the hopeful prospect of a cure in Washington, D.C. But I think the fact that they're mentioning it is enough to, uh, for us to assume that that's what they're going to be doing. They're going to get out of Terminus. They're going to get their wits together, collect their, you know, get all their ducks in a row. And then be like, okay, what do we do now? Well, let's keep going to Washington because this guy thinks he can solve all our problems. Right. Okay. Well, good for him. All right. Um, Two more items in the news here. This one, um, this one I have to present with a large grain of salt because I honestly don't think that this item holds any water. Okay. So... A Twitter account called uh, Talk of the Dead tweeted the other day the titles for the first three episodes of season five. As far as I understand, this account has nothing to do with AMC, The Walking Dead, no official status in any way. They are simply a fan account, similar to what we do here, except they're they're a Twitter account and we're a podcast. Um, And so I have no idea if any of this information is correct. However... I did think I'd throw it out there because it sounds like the kind of titles that um, that they they would name episodes. So let me read the titles, and you tell me if you think there is these could possibly be the titles for episodes one, two, and three. Well, of course they could, but they're not. Well, uh, let, me, let me let me wait till you hear them. We already know that five hundred one is called No Sanctuary. Okay, right. So they they reported that or they reiterated that five hundred two. Strangers. Okay. <laughs> 503, Four Walls and a Roof. See? They sound like they yeah. could be titles. They could be, you know, they follow a very similar track as other uh, titles. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Keep going. That's it. That's all we got. One, no, two, and three. That's all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh they could be titles. I, I, I I'll uh, I'll admit that. Yeah. They could be the titles. I know. That's kind of how I felt when I saw this. Um, they seem like the kind of things that they would name these episodes uh, based on previous titles. Uh, I, and I can't even say that there's a pattern or a you know um, any sort of any sort of thing you can follow that's that's like well clearly they do it like this. You know, there isn't really. It's just that this seems like the kind of thing. They would name titles of episodes. So I got to imagine that these titles are going to come out, be coming out soon. So I do look forward to figuring out what they really are and seeing if these guys were right. Right. That'd be fun. It will Let's be. Let's wait and see. All right. The last item is much more concrete. Variety, the, the uh, um, magazine, has seen and reviewed season five, episode one. Wow. And I pulled out a couple of quotes from their review, and uh, there's nothing really spoilery here, um, so don't worry about that. But generally speaking about the episode, the author wrote, The Walking Dead opens its fifth season in spectacular fashion, a dazzling adrenaline rush filled with suspense, righteous violence, and before it's all over, genuine emotion. Imbued with cinematic touches, the only downside to this breathtaking episode is pondering what the creative brain trust have, uh, what the creative brain trust can do for an encore. Wow! So those are some pretty high words, uh, some high praise right there. And quality writing. 
for once. Yeah, and the the well, read- not for once for variety, but for once in this this episode of our podcast. Yeah, and the and the read was okay. I gotta say until the last bit there. Where no, I you screwed, did a good job. I no, it was up. fine. All right, well, I stopped listening, but that's okay. Good. Uh, and then here's here's the other quote I pull out, and this is about how they escape the boxcar. But again, not really spoilery. How that plays out is so ingenious and operates on so many tracks simultaneously as to make the initial hour fly by. At the same time, the episode fosters a real sense of jeopardy, even for those characters who, presumably, aren't quite so apt to meet an untimely end. So again, very high praise for this episode. And, you know, we've heard a million times from people involved that this is the most exciting the most intense the most action heavy episode that they've done and that it's just going to blow all our minds and i think we talked a few weeks ago about how is this overhyping it and is it is it going to let us down because we're just so pumped up for it sounds like the variety guy who wrote this whose name i didn't write down unfortunately but go to variety.com and search for uh um the walking dead races into fifth season and and uh, it sounds like this guy was totally on board, and it lived up to those expectations. So it has got me really excited reading this. What do you think? I uh, I'm a little more excited now too. You are. I right? think that uh, yeah, that that sounds really good, and it is high praise. It is one source. Yeah, but it is uh, it is high high praise. Well, it's it's good to hear. Not that I was expecting it to be, uh, you know, anything less than great. But when there is that much praise being heaped upon it and and to be fair it, it all comes from robert kirkman or nicotero or scott gimple the people that are involved in creating it so they're not going to say anything other than this is amazing but still like when that's all you hear it you get built up so much that you just can't help sometimes but be let down but this is the first independent or i assume independent source that's come along and said nope this is amazing so you know put your seatbelts on and get ready Brian Lowry is his name. Who wrote that? Thank you, Mr. Lowry. I hope you are right. And thank you, Mr. Miles, for looking that up. Yeah, because I did exactly what you said. I went to Variety.com and typed in the name of the thing and found it. That's how the internet works. I'm I'm glad uh, my suggestion helped. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is the news, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning into the news. Now we're going to do this. Listener Feedback. All right, it's time for some listener feedback. And Jason, the first couple items here are really all about you, my my man. That's okay. My, I like that. My my man. My my man. Yeah. And so the first one comes from Sean on the internet, and this is regarding your your recent foray into online sales. And Sean says there's a Lego shortage in many stores leading up to Christmas. And Jason just opened an online store selling from his home. Did, did he see the future, or is he just a master business tycoon? Neither. I am uh, a, you know, a humble shopkeeper that will sell my wares as uh, as they need as they need. But uh, no, I did not know that was coming. Like the Lego announced that they will stop selling Lego to small mom and pop shops. The only Lego will be available in large chains like Toys R Us or Mastermind or Walmart and stuff like that. But uh, your local store uh, won't be selling Lego anymore because they just won't sell to them. That's true? Yeah. Is that, that's a recent development? That's a recent development, like in the last couple of weeks. Jenny was telling me about that. I haven't done any research about it, but Jenny was telling me about it. What? They've just, so you, they're only going to ship Lego to the big box stores, the big multi-million dollar, thousands of store retailers, and you're not going to be able to, to walk into like mom and pop toy shop and buy Lego anymore. That's right. At least not directly from Lego. If they want to sell it, they're going to have to go buy it and resell it. And what's the point in that? Yeah, they'll have to buy it at retail prices, essentially. That's bullshit, isn't it? It really is. It's really annoying. I mean, why would Lego do this? I had no idea we were going to go down this rat hole, but why would they do that? I mean, they're, <laughs> you know, I guess shipping in I know bulk. nothing about this. I know nothing about this. I know from uh, Jenny who told me about it, and I just kind of went, okay, that's really crappy. And now this is a second source. So f- as far as I'm concerned, it's true. And I haven't done any research. I don't know anything about it. I don't know why they changed their business model to uh, screw over the little guy. Uh, but uh, 
you know, I have an advantage in that I live within a five minute driving distance of like seven stores that will continue to sell Lego yeah. as well as a couple of actual Lego stores. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'll be able to buy Lego and if people want to buy Lego for me and I'll ship it anywhere, uh, well, right now in North America, I'll ship it anywhere in North America, but I'm soon going to be going worldwide, my friend. Wow. So, so you are a master business tycoon. Well, I don't know about that. You know, after uh, 18 orders, I've got 18 orders now. Not bad, man. And uh, I was just checking my profit and loss chart, and uh, I've made a total profit on 18 orders of about $26. <laughs> to be fair, that'll go up, though, because your first bunch of orders were free shipping and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, that's 18 orders. That's, uh, basically I opened at the end of August and now it's the end of September. So that's a month's worth of orders. Uh, and I'm tracking, you know, profit. That's profit. I have, yep. I'm excluding, sh- uh, you know, shipping materials. I'm excluding actual cost of what I'm, I'm buying and stuff. So, uh, eight, $18. Well, if you want to check out Jason's Lego store, go to, what is it? Casmaran.ca, right? That's the one. K-A-S-M-E-R-A-N.ca. Thank you, Sean. This next email, Jason, is all about you as well. It comes from Danny in London, England. 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 And Danny says, I have two questions for Jason, if that's okay. Firstly, let's do the the hard one first. I don't know if this is the hard one. Firstly, Jason mentioned in one of the podcasts that he had a story regarding him and the police. Something about them searching his house. Sounded like it would be funny, but he never elaborated. Now, before you start... Okay. I just want to let everyone know that this is a story. It is a good story, and you're going to want to hear this story if you uh, if you have been listening to us for a while. But for any new listeners or anyone who's sort of on the fence, this has nothing to do with The Walking Dead, but it is a good story. And since Danny wants to hear it, I got to assume somebody else wants to hear it, so we're going to tell it. It's also a true story. True, which um, is important. Almost nothing in what I'm about to say is false. <laughs> You have to figure out what is. <laughs> uh, okay, so briefly, basically what happened was I'm sitting at home. Let me set the stage for you here. I'm working from home one day. I'm uh, Jenny and I, my my wife and I were living in an apartment downtown Toronto, uh, near you, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm working from home this particular day. It's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a hot July, uh, I think it was a Thursday. So I'm sitting at my desk. Uh, I've got uh, in right beside me, I've got this air conditioning blaring, right? This window unit air conditioning thing. I've got the thing cranked up. It's like a meat locker in there. In order to watch the movie that I'm watching, I have to put on my fancy headphones. And these headphones are the bomb. Like they just completely block out all outside sound and they're crystal clear. They're just, they're wonderful headphones. I really, really like them. Well, I, I like them up until that day. <laughs> right. So <laughs> so I'm sitting there, I'm working, I'm typing an email, trying to send out the last email of the day, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. I figure I'm going to call it a day after that. I hear, a, uh, I feel a bang, right? I feel a, a bang in while I'm sitting here. And, and and that's fine because I live in an apartment. There's all kinds of noises and stuff. It's uh, Toronto, there's motorcycles going by. There could be a garbage truck. There could be anything. There's bangs that happen in city apartment life. Somebody might have then, slammed a door in the apartment below you, for all you know. Yeah, there could be the uh, the guy upstairs doing stuff, something. It could be somebody. Uh, I don't know what's going on. So I hear another bang, and this bang is louder. And I'm like, what? And I hear, I turn to my left, and it's my door. Somebody's banging my door. So I take my headphones off. I walk over to the door, and then just as I get to the door, I hear uh, well, and see another bang, but this time it's not just a bang, it's the door buckling, right? The door is buckling in. Uh, it didn't come flying open, but there's definitely a huge crack in this door, and this is a, uh, a 1930s apartment that has this like really thick, heavy wooden door. This is a serious door, and this thing just cracked, uh, you know, came in, buckled in about four inches, so I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought somebody was doing something, and uh, I went, whoa, 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 and I hear from the outside, police, open up. So I'm like, holy shit. So I open up the door, and there is six police officers all outside in my hallway pointing their pistols at me. 
Now, I don't know, for some reason, I'm not sure why I noticed this, but I noticed that none of their fingers were on the triggers. They were beside the triggers on the trigger guard. So I knew at that point they were in control. Like they knew what they were doing. They were not going to shoot me. I wasn't worried for my life. So I put my hands up. And at that point, I decided I'm going to be predictable. I'm going to do everything they tell me to do just so that they can stay in control and I will not be a visual threat to them. So the door opens. They say, get down on the, on the ground. So I lie on the, uh, the ground in the hallway, half out of the apartment in the, on the ground. They put me in handcuffs. And uh, they're, sir, I assume they're searching the apartment. I can't see anything. I look down the hallway to my left because I'm lying on, you know, belly down on the ground. I'm looking to my left. I see down the hallway, it's filled, absolutely filled with police, EMS, firefighters. There was at least four, four EMS. There was at least maybe four or five firefighters and police officers. This hallway is full. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? They're asking me, okay, who's in the apartment? said, nobody, it's just me. Uh, you know, what, what's going on? And then so they search the apartment while I'm lying on the ground. And then they pick me up, unhandcuff me, and say, are you here alone? Yes. Why did you call 911? I didn't call 911. And there was a, from that point forward, there was a number of back and forth. I'm not sure exactly what's, what's happening. I'm saying, I didn't call 911. Maybe it was the guy upstairs and you got the apartment wrong. I don't even have a phone. Like, I didn't call 911. So after about 15, 20 minutes of back and forth with the police officer, all the EMS and the firefighters leave. So after a bit of back and forth, here's what I figured out. Uh, and the police also figured out. Jenny uh, and I had an IP phone that we got from Rogers. And uh, so we had our home phone number. We canceled it about three or four weeks before this incident. So what happened was somebody was able to spoof that number and call 911. Uh, since Rogers didn't actually deactivate that phone, uh, I guess it came up as my name, my apartment number, so they came to my house. Somebody called 911 and said, I just killed my mother, I'm about to kill my sister. So the cops show up at my house thinking there's a double homicide going on. That's why all the EMS and the firefighters were there, and the police were there as well. Uh, so I'm uh, basically I just like, yeah, it's not me. I didn't call 911. I didn't kill anybody. Don't have a sister. My mom lives in the Sioux, right? So uh, basically the rest of that day was shot. No pun intended. So I call my wife at work and I, it's not a story that I'm telling. So I'm not going to like leave her in suspense, say, hey, the police broke down the door and uh, the apartment's full of cops and then tell her why. I was just, the first thing I said was, everything's okay. Everything's under control. The police broke down the door. <laughs> It's a mistake. Everything's fine. I'm okay. Nobody got shot. So she came rushing home, and the police were there for a couple hours because they had to fill out a report because they broke the door, right? So there was paperwork to do, and a police, uh, I'm not sure what, uh, some kind of officer had to show up to, to fill out the paperwork because the police will pay for a door if they break it down, and it's not your fault that they broke down the door. Like, if you're doing something bad and they break down the door, you're paying for it. But I, I was sending an email. Right. So that's allowed. Yeah, that's allowed. So, uh, and I'm going to say this on the air. I've never said this to anybody. I've told this story a few times uh, and I, I've never actually said this to anybody. I said this to my mom, but uh, I, I wasn't wearing pants this whole time. <laughs> I, I, I was in, I was in my boxers. <laughs> and at one point I'm standing there and there's like the house, is, the apartment's full of cops. Like there's at least eight or 10 police officers in the apartment standing around and it's too hot because it's a, it's a hot July day. So they're all crowded into my office, you know, crowding around the air conditioner. And I just kind of look around and I go, does anybody mind if I put some pants on? And they're like, no, you go ahead. <laughs> That's awesome. So I was not wearing pants at the time. So after this happened to you, um, we went, or I guess you did, but I did as well, because I was pretty amazed by this whole thing. I went and found out that this is called swatting swatting where yep. someone will crank call the police and essentially send a SWAT team to somebody's house for fun. Right. I didn't get the SWAT team, right? I no. got, I got police officers and I have to credit those police officers. First of all, they were the nicest people in the world. And I asked them about uh, breaking down the door. Did you have a battering ram? How'd you break down the door? And the guy said, ah, I kicked it three times. The door opened. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a big boot print on the door. 
but I have to credit the, those police officers because two things happened. One, they thought there was a double murder going on the other side of that door, and they came through that door anyway. I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I could have gone through that door not knowing what the situation was. Uh, fairly sure that there was a homicide going on. But that's their Actually. job. I mean, they, they do have to know how to approach situations like that. Yeah. But, you know, I have to credit them that they would they went through that door. It's it, Sure, it's their job, but still, it's an amazing thing that somebody would do that. Right. And second of all, I never felt actual fear for my life, even though these police officers were pointing their weapons at me. Because I, for some reason, just recognized that their fingers were not on the triggers. I'm like, okay, they're all, they're in control. And so I'm going to be predictable. Well, you know, maybe that's something you learned from the show because we've talked before about fingers on triggers versus off triggers and, and how some of the characters seem to be, you know, ready to squeeze the trigger at any point where others are a little bit more careful. But I don't know, man, if I was in your case, I might've crapped my pants and like having three or four guns pointed at you, whether it's police or anybody, that is going to make me freak out. Now, I would be with you. I would uh, I would do what they said. Uh, I would be completely predictable and, 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 you know, get down on the ground and all that kind of stuff. So they would have no reason to shoot me. But man, oh man, I'm pretty sure I'd be pretty frightened for a little while. I was shaken up. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was surprised. Like, I'll, I'll grant you that. I was definitely surprised by the whole thing, but I don't think I was ever afraid. But you, so you got to the, you got to the door and, and opened it or they actually kicked it wide open? They kicked the door, but it didn't go wide open. The door kind of buckled in and right. the, uh, the latch, like it was, it was the dead, deadbolt was on, right? Right. So I had the deadbolt engaged. So it, it all cracked and all I had to do was pull it open at that point, but it didn't like swing wide open. And I'm glad too, because I was standing right there. They would have knocked me into the kitchen probably, and yeah. I, I would have had a broken nose or something, but uh, uh, it definitely buckled in. Like yeah. They got that door nice and broke. Well, I can appreciate the fact that you, you, um, you know, you are okay with the police doing their job and so on. And, and this is what they have to do. If, if a murder or double murder has taken place, I mean, their primary goal is to stop more murders from taking place. And if that means yeah. kicking down doors and going in places with their guns drawn, so be it. It's just, it's it's a tough situation because you were there by yourself, you know, nobody else in the house. I think about my situation. If I was at home or in an apartment like yours with my kids and the police suddenly kicked the door down, I mean, that's a very different yeah. experience with children in there. And so, you know... I kind of tend to lean on the side of thinking that I would like the police to have a little bit more, um, I don't know, less door kicky downy and more sort of try to assess the situation a little bit. But 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 I'm with you. I get it. They have to do what they have. They think is is best in the situation. And if someone says there are two dead people in there and someone's in there going to kill more people, you got to stop that. So now they banged on the door and said, "Police, open up." But I was wearing my fancy headphones, true, and the air conditioner was on right beside me, and I didn't hear them. Right. I was watching a movie, sending an email. I can't wear those headphones anymore; they're too isolating. I can't. Uh, there's no ambient noise, and it makes me nervous when I wear those. Uh, so I, I don't wear them anymore. It's not like you're going to get swatted twice in your life, though. So <laughs> no, but it just it proved, you know, psychologically, it meant it means that I am not aware of my surroundings anymore. Right. I am completely isolated. I would wear them if Jenny was home because then she could react to whatever situation and tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, the cops are here. Uh, you might want to come downstairs. <laughs> and, but and if I'm by myself, I won't wear them. Right. <laughs> if I, Yeah, I just, I won't wear them. And I even, uh, when I'm at my, um, when I'm working from home and I am wearing headphones now that I live in the house, I have, uh, I have a webcam, uh, you know, a wireless camera that's pointed out the front uh, I can bring up the uh, bring up the webcam and watch it on the monitor, so I know when somebody comes to the door. Someday I'm coming to your house during the day and mooning you. <laughs> yeah, the cameras don't record. Yeah, but you'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see it. Yeah, but well, anyway, that that's is, my swatting story. That is a hell of a story. You were in the news. I read news art news stories about you. Yeah, the Toronto Star called me at one point. Yeah, uh, and uh, we gave some information for a story. It was fun. It was good. All right. Well, that is the swatting story. That's good. Uh, Danny does have one other question, and hopefully this is a quicker one. He says, secondly, from listening to the podcast, I heard that Jason is a massive fan of The West Wing. It's, It's one of my favorite shows, too. 
So my question to Jason is, what is his favorite episode of The West Wing, and does he think The West Wing finished too soon? Uh, I don't think The West Wing finished too soon. Uh, I did do wish that it would have lasted longer, but the last couple of seasons were more about the election and not about the uh, you know the staff in The West Wing. Okay, a couple of things about The West Wing. One is my favorite aspect of The West Wing and why I liked it so much is because it was a uh, it was them against the world. Whereas any other show, there's all kinds of infighting. There's, uh, you know, Sue is really mad at uh, Jimmy because Jimmy slept with Sue's sister. And it's all like, uh, there's all kinds of inter-conflict uh, amongst all the characters. Whereas with the West Wing, it, especially the first four seasons, it's them against the world. It's, it's them as a tight-knit, uh, you know, group of people. And it's always external conflict. It's not internal. There's every once in a while, but it's that whole team aspect that I really, really liked. Uh, and the last few seasons didn't have that. There was especially a dark part of, uh, I think, season five that I really didn't like. But my favorite episode is uh, season two, episode 16. Uh, it's the second big block of cheese day episode uh, called Somebody's Going to Emergency, Somebody's Going to Jail. I have no idea what that means, but it does sound <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, basically uh, the thing is uh, the, every once a year, uh, the White House lets anybody have an audience with uh, a White Wing, a West Wing, a White Wing, a West Wing staff member, regardless of who they are. So uh, uh, there's a, there's a couple of things. One is that Tony Ziegler meets with the f- uh, fictional group World Politics Studies, which is uh, it was a really good interaction. And then C.J. Craig, <laughs> she uh, meets with the Organization of Cartographers for Social Equality, where they want to change the map. <laughs> cartographers why not really <laughs> for social equality because the uh, the current projection man i'm going to challenge you chris and our listeners go to uh, go to google and search uh map of the world do a search for map of the world and find the first uh map of the world that has straight lines so straight up and down straight sideways because there's curved ones should i do an image search for that yeah an image search all right um do you know for a fact that I'm going to find one or am I going to have to look through a lot here? No, you'll find one. It'd be like the first or second image. Okay, uh, straight-ish line. Yeah. Okay, here we okay. go. Here we go. That's that's called a Mercator projection of the map. Okay. That map is wrong. It is way wrong. Look at Greenland. Yep. And then look at Australia. The Greenland is bigger than Australia. Would it surprise you if I told you that Australia is three times bigger than Greenland? Well, looking at this map, sure. So this map is just plain wrong. So that's what the, the thing is. Uh, you know, it, the map kind of uh, enhances the northern, northern hemisphere as opposed to the southern hemisphere, so it seems more prominent, more uh, socially relevant when it's not. Every one of these maps, Greenland, looks bigger than Australia, even on non-straight line maps. Yeah, so go look at, look at uh, Gail Peters' projection, uh, G-A-I-L-P-E-T-E-R-S projection. That's a more realistic projection of our actual map. How did we get onto maps? <laughs> it's be- from the West Wing. This is what uh, <laughs> okay. C.J. Craig went, and this is one of my favorite aspects of the show or favorite scenes of the show was her freaking out at this, uh, this map. It's like, and why not turn the map upside down? It's like, well, you can't do that. Why not? Because it's freaking me out. Right. Well, I I did have a poster once of North and South America as a kid, upside down, and my dad gave it to me, and he said to me, what's wrong with this map? And I said, it's clearly upside down. The world doesn't go like that. And he said, but is it? It's just your perspective and what you're used to. This is just as valid a map as uh, any other map that you've ever seen. Yeah, except that it was wrong because well, everything's wrong sizes. Well, maybe the wrong sizes, but just the orientation of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay, well, that's West exciting. Wing, great show. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get back to some zombie-related Walking Dead sure. stuff. Why not? And Drew on the internet wrote an email about our discussion of Z Nation, Z Nation from last time. Yeah. And he said, come on, guys, of course Z Nation is terrible. It comes from the Asylum. I knew this before going into the show, so I could just relax and enjoy another shit fest from them. But for those thinking it was going to be a proper TV show, they're going to be massively disappointed. I just hope uh, in this show we see a tornado come through and create a zombie NATO, or maybe a zombie shark, then a zombie shark NATO. <laughs> That'd be okay. And Drew is absolutely right. I did not know going into watching this show that it was produced by the Asylum. 
the creators of such things as Sharknado, which was a big deal recently. Right. So when you factor that in, it does kind of change. It doesn't change my opinion, but it at least explains the quality of the show. So it's supposed to be crappy. I think it's supposed to be crappy, yeah. Well, if you make a movie called Sharknado and it's actually about uh, sharks in a tornado, it's supposed to be crappy. Well, that's, I think, what Drew is saying. So, you know, lower your expectations and, you know, maybe you can say at least they achieved what they set out to do. (laughs) (laughs) Produce a crappy television show? Yeah. Now, along those lines, friend of the show, Adam posted on our Facebook page yesterday. He said, anyone else giving Generation Z a second chance? Uh, But what he means is Z Nation. (laughs) He says, I have seen episodes two and three, and it's no Walking Dead, but it definitely gets better, a lot better. It still has this silly sci-fi filter it's been run through. Hopefully it keeps heading in the right direction. So I wrote to him and said, okay, I'll give it another try, another couple episodes, because I trust you, and it certainly couldn't get worse than the pilot. And he responded to that, and he said, if the pilot was a zero, the second episode is a 7.5. Episode three, really? episode three was maybe a five. They, um, and uh, he goes on a little bit. But from zero to 7.5, episode two, like that is a massive, massive quality jump. And That's a 75% increase. It's huge. For those of you who are doing the math. It is huge. And... You know, I think the pilot was just about a zero. Like, it was terrible. So I am actually going to go and watch episode two and three and maybe four, and maybe it'll be better. Actually, I'm going to correct my math. It, 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 you can't calculate the increase. It's an increase. Because zero increase. times anything is, is still zero. So even if it's a 100% increase, it's still friggin' zero. Right. So this is, you know, this is just a, a huge leap of uh, logical uh, quality. Let's put it this way. If the pilot was a 0.1 and this is a 7.5, that's a massive increase. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's good. The pilot did have a measurable quality and it was very low. Anyways, that's huge. So I'm going to take Adam's word for it and I'm going to go and I'm going to watch a little bit more. I don't know that we'll ever bring it up here again on the podcast, but you never know. Could happen. You should watch one more too. I just I would like to hear even off the air what you think if it actually is that much of an uh, uh, increase in quality. No, I refuse. You're not going to do it. I'm just absolutely refuse. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not watching that show again. All right, it's either that or nine zero two one zero. Take your pick. I'm not watching that show again either, unless we do a podcast about it. <laughs> Let's do a, a, a rewatch of nine zero two one zero from season one to season ten or whatever, and we can yeah. podcast on every one. Yeah, that that that's a great idea. Really, I would do, I would do that. I would I would do that if I had the time and uh, was willing to sacrifice at least uh, one TV a month to hurling objects <laughs> and a desire to kill yourself. Because that's basically what would have to happen is that I would I would get to the point where I would hurl uh, stuff at the TV. <laughs> Jason's weekly TV destruction show. <laughs> no, no, one every four weeks. Okay, I won't do it every week, but uh, I'm sure it'll come up that. Uh, Brenda just pisses me off, or uh, I don't even know. Is Brenda a character? Yes. And Shannon Doherty. Alex? Alex? Is there an Alex? No. Brandon. Who's that? Who's that? Uh, the creepy guy that ends up being a DJ? That's uh, David. Vanilla Ice? Yeah. Is that the guy? Yeah, David. <laughs> All right. Eat dating Donna. I hate that guy. Most and, of oh, it. and Tori Spelling is just the worst. Yeah, and then Kelly was uh, Jenny Garth, and so on. Is that the creepy blonde lady? That's the blonde one, yeah. Okay. And Ian Zeering. Uh, Steve. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we got two more things you here. Uh, this this listener feedback is just off the rails. There's so little to do with The Walking Dead here. I hope I hope <laughs> if you're still with us, I appreciate it. I really do. This one has to do with the podcast more than anything. Matt right. from Clementon, New Jersey, uh, wrote, wrote in, and he told us that he went back and he listened to all, a bunch of our old podcasts during the summer, and he took some notes. Oh. So uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I'd completely forgotten about and he reminded me so here's a little bit of it he said as he was listening to our old shows before the walking dead was even on he said that we talked about actors that were rumored or even confirmed to be cast members okay and here's a few of them jamie bamber oh yeah from uh, battlestar galactica fame mark pellegrino who i think 
played what's his name on Lost. Um, I don't know. I like San Pellegrino. Yeah, no, Mark Pellegrino. Stuart Townsend apparently was rumored for the show. Johnny Lee Miller and Brandon Routh. Oh, Brandon Routh. Who played Superman in that one movie. Can yeah. you imagine how different a show this would have been if Brandon Routh played Rick Grimes? Uh, no, I cannot imagine. It it doesn't even compute in my mind. I, th- I think Brandon Routh, uh, is he doing anything? Like, is he, his career is dead, isn't it? I've seen him in the Superman movie, and then I saw him in um, Zack and Mary Make a Porno, the Kevin Smith movie, and that's it. I have no idea what else he's done. Brandon Routh, what's he got here? Oh, he's got some stuff in post-production. Yeah, he's been working. Okay. Chosen, Arrow. All right. Uh, that's, uh, what do you got here? Call of Duty. Video game. Well. Video game, partners. Okay, he's doing Chuck. He was in Chuck. Well, I cannot imagine if he was in The Walking Dead, but apparently he was rumored to be in it, so I'm kind of glad that didn't play out. We also, Matt reminded us, commented on how long we'd like to see The Walking Dead go. How many seasons? 27, I believe, was the answer to that one. That was Robert Kirkman's answer, but do you want to hear what our answers were? Uh, Seven, probably. You suggested four or five seasons. Oh, we're done then. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're done. Show's over. We got. Uh, that's it. I'm done. Maybe one more. There you go. Jason put his microphone away. He's done. I suggested six. Right. So okay. So we're we're almost done then. We're we're coming up on it. Yeah, the show's almost done. Well, how long was this? Uh, was this before the first episode? I, I don't of know. The show. I'm I'm not sure. Well, because I'm, I'm wondering how many uh, episodes per season we were thinking of. Like, were we thinking lost episodes where it was 16 per season and therefore five or six seasons was going to be enough? Or were, did we know that the first season was only going to be six episodes? It's a very good question. I don't know. Yeah. So th- that, that's my question. Yeah. So I think seven is a good round number. All the Star Trek series except for Enterprise was uh, seven seasons. Uh, I, I think seven is a good a good number. Good number. Okay. So we do have a few more to get through then. Um, but I just think it's fun that we, we said four or five and I said six. And here we are now going into season five and really, you know, no signs that the show is slowing down in any way, certainly from yeah. a ratings perspective. So right. good stuff. Um, regarding Shane, we both apparently hated Shane, especially yeah. you. His big stupid ears. <laughs> and his high pants. Um <laughs> But we also admitted at one time that he was maybe the most interesting character and that some of the best characters in history are assholes. That's true. And that's why Shane worked as a character. Um, thinking back on him, I can't say I really remember hating him so much. I mean, yeah, sure, he was a dick and he did a lot of bad stuff. But, you know, I think hindsight is 2020 and you know i think about what he gave to the show and what his character brought to the show and i'm kind of okay with it all right that's good yeah um one other thing matt did is he kind of speculated on how the show would have gone if shane and andrea had actually left the group together instead of both ending up dead eventually right do you you remember when they talked briefly about taking off on the road just the two of them yep so uh, what do you think about that? I think that, you know, the Shane and Andrea show would have made a decent spinoff. Two two kind of loners traveling the world together, you know, Shane wanting to kill everything and Andrea trying to constantly save his soul and make him a better man. I mean, right. come on, that would have been a show right there. Lots of sex scenes. Tons. Because they're taking the advanced class. Tons. The advanced yeah. class constantly and her trying to make him a better man. Yeah. Tuck his earlobes in. Well, they could have maybe done a little cosmetic surgery on tuck those. Tuck those in there. It's really annoying. Tuck them into his waistband of his pants. That's how <laughs> big they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Matt, for uh, walking down memory lane there. That was fun. And one more. Uh, Jack in rainy England has kind of a weird question for us. Okay. And here's something that you've never thought of. Uh-oh. He said, if the zombie apocalypse started and you two had the means to keep up the show or any broadcasts, and he's talking about this here podcast, would you? And if so, would it remain the Talking Dead? <laughs> I would, uh, I, I think we'd have to switch over to uh, Radio Free Toronto and just uh, 
release the podcast and just talk about uh, various such things like being swatted and uh, and the West Wing. <laughs> right. So kind of what we're doing here today. Exactly. Yes. I think if only the, the world has ended. Right. If the world actually ended, if humanity ground to a halt and, and zombies were everywhere, yet somehow by some, you know, grace of luck, we were able to continue podcasting and broadcasting, I think we definitely would. And yes. uh and we would we would do it in such a way that we would help people and provide information on supplies and safety and just be all around good, helpful guys. I think that's going a little too far. I was thinking more along the lines of uh, talking nostalgically about uh, various entertainment sources that are no longer available to the public at large. So we would just, you know, talk about old movies. Like we'd talk about Brandon Routh and about that, uh, maybe, uh, you know, recount uh, Firefly, for example, or go through Battlestar Galactica. We just talk about old stuff. Maybe we'll talk about books. Maybe we'll talk about, uh, maybe we'll play Dungeons and Dragons while uh, recording uh, our audio from that. And uh, that could be fun. You're just listing off all the various podcast ideas we've had over the years. Also good. <laughs> also good. We, you could, uh, I'll even let you talk about 90210 for a whole episode. Ooh, fancy. But only if the world has ended. <laughs> if we're the last podcast on earth. We can talk about the 90210 for a whole episode. All right. Fair enough. I will take that and uh, challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of a weird question, Jack. And uh, thank you. Uh, I hope Jason gave you a weird enough answer. We're going to (laughs) continue to provide entertainment for the end of the world. Well, you have to. I guess That's a good tagline. (laughs) All right. You should put that on on the website right now. Entertainment for the end of the world. Maybe. I'll think about it. That's going to do it for this kind of rather odd episode of The Talking Dead. We, uh, you know, the, the listener feedback was really unrelated to the to the uh, TV show for the most part. So I hope you stuck with us. I hope you don't mind. We are less than two weeks away from season five starting. And when that does, we will be back to the regular schedule of recapping episodes and uh, doing feedback two nights later, doing Holy Crap, Did You See That? All that good stuff that I'm really anxious to get back to, I must admit. I'm going to go sit in front of the TV right now with AMC on in anticipation. And just wait. Maybe they're playing... Just wait. Maybe they're playing a rerun of The Walking Dead right now. Maybe they are. I'm just going to to sit there and wait. I I put on AMC last night, actually, and they were playing Breaking Bad, and that was okay. Oh, my God. I recently watched... I recently rewatched Ozymandias, that, that episode in the final season of Breaking Bad. I don't know if you remember that one, but my... God, man, was that ever a good episode. Uh, I remember some good episodes. Which one was Ozymandias? That is the one with the knife fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, between um, Skyler and Walt. And that's that that's all. So good. So good. That might so be the good. best one. Um, and I won't say anything else for risk of spoiling it because I don't want to do that for anyone. Uh, anyways, that was amazing. So you go put on AMC right now and watch it for the next two weeks straight and, uh, then be ready to record a podcast after season five premieres. Um, I will do the same thing. Well, no, I won't. I'll do other things getting ready for that day and I will <laughs> I'll look do various life affirming things. <laughs> no, I'm like raising do... my children and cooking food for my wife. Oh, maybe, but probably like putting up new t-shirts for sale. That's going to be coming soon. Oh, that's a good uh, idea too. Yeah, maybe you know, finally updating the the website and putting the the uh, season five record your favorite scene contest information oh, yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. All these things I should have done a long time ago, but I will be working right. on that. Screw raising your kids. Do that stuff. Sure, I'll try to find a a good kid podcast balance. Oh, and everything will be fine. Just to, to tie the kids up, put them in the closet, or you know, hand them to your wife and say, "Here, you raise them. I'm busy." <sighs> Yeah, that Damn it. That make me a fly. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to fly. Anyways, we have gone, we've taken this too far and it's now time to end it. So folks, if you want to get in touch with us, please send us uh, email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. 
And if you want to send us a voicemail, go to TalkingDeadPodcast.com and click on the Send Voicemail button, and you can record yourself right into your computer with your microphone, and it'll come straight to us. So uh, it is super easy, and you can do it from anywhere you're on the Internet. And uh, if you want to support us, visit Patreon.com slash TheTalkingDead or use our Amazon link at amazon.talkingdeadpodcast.com. When you do all your Amazon shopping, we really appreciate everyone that does those two things. It helps to uh, defray the cost of putting on this here big show every week, and we're just going to get busier as we go into Season 5. So we will probably have uh, one more podcast, actually, between now and Season 5, even though there's only two weeks. We are planning on doing one next week. Maybe it's a little bit of a Season 5 preview some weird speculation, stuff like that. But we'll see if that comes together. That'll be next week. And uh, until then, everyone, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.